Moving house. With kids. Mum! Moving house checklist. Top packing tips. Do it ourselves or hire movers? Hiya! <sighs> Things to do in the school holidays. Best solo holidays. <sighs> when life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. So a travel credit card is a really good way to make sure you're covered if something goes wrong, because they're accepted and it means if something does go wrong, you have that added protection. It's mad, isn't it? I, I mean, I think in some of these destinations, when I was researching, a glass of wine or a beer was cheaper than coffee. That's great news for holidaymakers, isn't it? Thankfully, summer is on the horizon. And with that in mind, this week and next, we'll be bringing you a special two-parter on travel. So today we'll be discussing all things travel money, including how to get the best rates and avoid nasty charges and the countries where your pound will go the furthest this summer. And next week, we'll be deep diving into the cheapest places to go on holiday with plenty of tips for going away on a budget and the best travel insurance to keep you covered. We'll be packing so much into these episodes. And to start us off, we've got a brilliant team. I'm joined by Money Podcast regular Grace Witherden and Witch Senior Researcher and Travel Writer Laura Sanders. Hello both. Hi Lucia. Hi. So planning for today's show got me thinking back to my first holiday abroad with friends when I was 18 because for that I got my travel money totally in cash. I think probably from the post office, you know, I definitely wouldn't have researched where to get it from back then. And that was that, you know, I paid for everything in cash while I was away. And it wasn't until I started working in this industry, really, that it changed. You know, I wondered, does this resonate with you? Do you have similar stories? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, you know, family trips to Spain when I was growing up, it'd always be either grabby cash from the local Asda mm-hmm. um, or, you know, a local bureau to change. But never would you consider withdrawing cash abroad yeah. um, or paying with a card. It was very much you needed the cash before you go. And it's just changed so dramatically now, as you say. Yeah, I, I was thinking back. And yeah, I went away when I was 18. So like first one without like your parents. Mm-hmm. And I definitely remember us all going to the post office <laughs> and getting our euros. And I, I always used to keep the wallet that they put it in, you know, they put it in like a little envelope for you. Yeah, And I don't too. know why, but I just keep that the whole holiday with like all my money. I did exactly the same thing. You know, purses go out the window. It's just all kept in this little envelope. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was thinking back to another trip I did five years ago to America and that was actually the first time I actually probably researched it um Mm. in terms of like taking you know a pre a prepay card and even like from now that feels like such a long time ago um with like the ways you can pay now so it all seems to move like really fast well that's it then do you think it's changed much for most people over the years because as we say there definitely seems to be more options now but have they crept into the mainstream enough? I think so, yes. So yes and no. I think people do know there are lots of options out there um, for you know paying abroad now, but they don't necessarily research. And I think, I, and I'm guilty of it, you, you tend to go with the devil, you know. So you tend to stick to you know either taking your cash or perhaps your regular debit or credit card, which as we're going to discover, 
is a huge mistake um, because you can end up with some hefty fees. So I think people need to know that they can shop around and it can be quite easily done. So there are those options out there, but, um, you know, people need to be a bit braver and, and shop around. Well, shall we start going through some of these options then, beginning with using your card abroad. So in most cases, it's a big no-no to use your regular debit or credit card abroad, isn't it? Why, why is that? For most people, um, if you bank with the big four, let's say, you know, a typical high street bank, you will be charged fees um, to use your card abroad. Now, you could face a range of charges. You can get multiple charges, you know, it's not just one. So I'm just going to go over some of the charges because this is where the costs can really start racking up. So there's a non-sterling transaction fee, and this is a percentage of the value of each transaction. And you'll usually pay this as a fee for converting the currency, which applies every time you use your card. So it can be a percentage or a flat fee. And then the worst debit cards add a non-sterling purchase fee on top. This is often a fixed value, for example, £1.50, but it could also be a percentage of what you spend. And if you withdraw cash, there's more charges on top. So you'll get the non-sterling cash fee and you can expect to pay around 3% of whatever you take out um, when you take out money from an ATM with a credit card. And if you're using a credit card as well to withdraw the money, you'll also get interest on cash withdrawals. So you'll be charged this interest straight away, which can be a lot higher than the interest you're charged for purchases. And this means that even if you pay off your card in full, you know, at the end of the statement, you'll still have some interest to pay because it's charged daily. But if you don't bank with the big four. Um, So we're thinking more challenger banks um, like Monzo and Starling. They are a lot better and you can actually go away and actually not have to pay these charges. So yes, traditionally with with these, you know, old school banks, you will probably typically pay a fee abroad. But if if you have one of these newer banks, uh, probably not. So just to let that sink in, Monzo and Starling, they come with absolutely no fees when you're uh, paying abroad and getting cash out abroad. Yeah, so there are a number of fee-free debit cards that won't charge you for spending abroad. And you'll also get the near-perfect exchange rate through the MasterCard or Visa networks. So the leading fee-free debit cards are Chase Bank and Starling where both spending and cash withdrawals abroad are fee-free with no limits. And Chase also offers 1% cash back on purchases for a year. But Monzo is also in the mix. This is what I use. All of these accounts take minutes to open and they're free to open. And this is really handy because why, um, you know, you might want a physical card and that can take a few days to arrive, but you can usually download a virtual card um, to your Apple or Google wallet immediately. Wow, I really didn't have any idea it would be that fast. Yeah, it can take, you know, it it can say up to, um, you know, five working days. But no, as long as you're successful in your application, um, they can come really quick. And and just to go back to that point you made about getting um, a, a near perfect exchange rate, it basically is much better than you'd get with any foreign currency exchange uh, for cash before you go, isn't it? Yeah. So this is why we say like a fee-free debit card usually is the cheapest way to spend while you're abroad because you get that near perfect exchange rate. Whereas when, um, say like if you used a prepaid card, they might add, you know, they might take some commission from that currency exchange. Um, So this is why with this, you know, it is a near perfect rate and you're not paying any extra charges on top. 
And so what about travel credit cards then? You know, I've actually been using the Halifax Clarity for years now, um, I I think. Uh, And it's a credit card I I just keep for traveling abroad. And it used to be one of the favorites. Is it still a front runner? Yeah, so um, the Halifax Clarity card is still a front runner. Um, What people love about it is that it has a 0% non-sterling transaction and 0% non-sterling withdrawal fee so that's really handy because that's where people can get caught out abroad it's also got a deal on at the moment so if you're a new customer joining up they'll give you 20 pound cash back so some holiday spends for you already there in the account but the only downside is you're charged interest daily if you withdraw cash from an atm whereas you don't with the barclay card rewards visa which is another card that we've had a look at Um, and as well you know you don't get that 20 pound up front like you would with the halifax clarity so that gives you 0.25% cash back on everyday purchases, which is a bonus. So I suppose the big takeaway then is that both of these cards are great for using abroad, but really should only be used uh, to take money out of an ATM in like, you know, emergency circumstances. Yeah, that's exactly it. There are better cards you can use for paying abroad where you're not going to be slapped with those interest rates. But as you say, in an emergency, you know, they're perfectly fine to use. And if you pay it off before the end of the holiday, then hopefully you shouldn't be charged. So just a flag with that Halifax Clarity card, it does charge uh, interest daily when you withdraw cash from an ATM, um, which means even if you pay off your card in full, you might still pay some interest. Um, but the Barclay Cards rewards visa does not charge interest on cash withdrawals as long as you pay off your card in full each month. Yeah, and from my experience, you know, I've had to withdraw using my Halifax on holiday before because I've run out of money, cash money that is. And I basically have have made the transaction from the ATM and paid it off straight away. So I suppose that that is one way to do it if you have to. And while we're on credit cards then, we should mention that they also offer added protection if things go wrong. So section 75, it's come up a lot on the podcast recently and we do have a brilliant episode deep diving into it from a few weeks back. Um, In a nutshell, why are they extra useful if things don't go to plan? I feel like we have really championed section 75 on here recently. We have. Um, But for anyone that's not not been listening, um, so yeah, your purchases of more than £100 and up to £30,000 um are covered under something called section 75 and this still applies um on you know specialist overseas credit cards and this means if something goes wrong with a product or service you've paid for you can reclaim the money from the provider um if the retailer doesn't make good so this could be really handy on holiday and it's also worth mentioning with the um travel credit cards is that a lot of car hires if, if you're going to hire a car, won't accept prepaid or debit cards. So a travel credit card is a really good way to make sure you're covered if something goes wrong because they're accepted and it means if something does go wrong, you have that added protection. So it's really good to know that Section 75 um, does count uh, for overseas spending as well. And on that point, we should also mention chargeback, which is the protection offered on debit card payments. You know, it's not a legal protection like Section 75, but it is one you should know about uh, should you ever need to try and get a refund when something goes wrong. And Grace, does this also apply if you use your card abroad? Um, Yeah, it does. So whether you're using your debit card at home and abroad, you'll still be protected under the payment service regulations and through chargeback. And we've got plenty of information on, um, we have like a specialist guide on our website on the best fee-free debit cards to take abroad. And we have lots of FAQs on there about everything that's covered and the fees. So I definitely recommend checking that out as well. 
We'll definitely pop a link to that in the description of today's show and we'll be back shortly after this quick break. What is happening to supermarket prices? Do own label brands taste good? What's the best supermarket? What's the worst? How do I spend less on my weekly shop? Are there ways I can shop smarter? Should I just be growing my own veg? How do I even grow veg? <sighs> Wine to pair with spag ball? When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. Now, Laura, can we move on to physical currency now? For for so many of us, changing your cash into foreign currency is still a huge part of that pre-holiday routine. And aside from never, ever, ever doing this at the airport because you will get stung, it's an absolute no-brainer, how can you get the best rate? What's the best way to shop around? Well, you're absolutely right there with the airport rip-off. When we spot-checked this in October last year, we found that you'd get €115 Euros less out of £500 if you exchanged airside. Because they've got you, haven't they? You're airside, you've got no money, you've got no other choice. Um, so definitely, definitely shop around before you go. And one of the really good ways to do this is to visit a website called travelmoneymax.com. Um, so on there, you can compare uh, the different exchange rates at different high street and online branches. And you can also check if their financial conduct authority authorised. So it's always important to go with a broker that is. So when we compared four different currencies, we compared uh, US dollars, euros, South African rand and the Australian dollar. Euro change, Tesco and MS came out on top, but that can fluctuate. So definitely don't take my word for it and go and check yourself before your holidays. Another big note is turning up to a high street store and just ordering the currency there and then. You're going to get the best rate if you pre-order online and do a click and collect or go for delivery. But just bear in mind that if you go for a delivery option, if you have the currency delivered to your house, then you might pay a delivery charge. But that's down to you. But whatever you do, definitely don't get your currency at the airport, which I think most people know. I have to admit, when I was at the airport recently, I was even a little bit surprised seeing that they, they still exist at the airport because I thought, you know, who is using these really nowadays? Exactly who? And I think mainly it's people who don't know that there are websites out there or aren't mm. very computer literate. But it's actually so easy. As I say, head to travelmoneymax.com and it's all there in front of you. You just tell it what currency you want and it'll tell you where the best rates are at the time of looking. And while we're on exchange rates, are there any countries where the pound is particularly strong right now? Absolutely. Well, the first thing to say there is that don't discount the entire Eurozone or the entire USA because it depends on where you go. So, for example, when we did all of this research for the Witch Travel magazine in November, we found that although the pound is a little bit weaker against the dollar at the moment, you get twice as much money in a restaurant in Florida compared to New York. And actually, Florida made our list of top 10 best value destinations. So definitely don't just assume that everywhere in America is expensive. And the same with Europe as well. That 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 really is a, is a surprise to me, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of people assume that 
Florida is just Disneyland and it's all Disneyland mm. rates, but actually it's one of our um, best value destinations. So just to give you an idea, a hotel is only £179 a night there and that's on a level with Europe, really. You'd be paying £112 a night in Spain. So, you know, the flight's probably going to be your most expensive part. But yeah, if you want a long haul getaway, if you want to go and visit the States, lots to see and do in Florida. And it's one of the best value destinations. So it gives you more of an excuse to go. Same story in Europe as well. So although, again, after Brexit, the pound has weakened against the euro, not every country tells the same story. So, for example, Spain and Portugal, despite their popularity, they remain one of the best value destinations this year. Avoid your Greece and your Italy because they're more expensive for your meals out in your hotels. So if you're looking to save or get more from your pounds, then head to Spain or Portugal. Two of the absolute top best value destinations this year are Turkey and Bulgaria. So just to give you an idea, Turkey, you could get a two-course dinner and a bottle of wine for two for £7.50 a head. I mean, you really could eat like a king out there. Super interesting, all of that, Laura. And going back to Spain, which you mentioned near the beginning, I was in the south of Spain just recently. And I, and I was, you know, really pleasantly surprised by the cost of a glass of wine. You know, I was paying kind of £2 across the across the board in some of the, the smaller towns that we were in, um, which compares to, you know, you can't really get get one for less than a fiver in London. So, so yeah, your, your money does go further if you're in, if you're, if you are making careful decisions about, about where you go. Yeah. So it's crazy. When I was doing this research in some places, it was cheaper to buy a glass of wine and a coffee, which is, it's mad. I mean, it's great news for holiday makers, isn't it? But um, yeah, crazy. And next week on the podcast, we'll be hearing so much more on this kind of level. And um, we'll be talking about some of the cheapest destinations you can visit, as well as revisiting the minefield of travel insurance. But next up, though, before we finish, can we talk about prepaid cards? Grace, firstly, what are they and how do they work? Yeah, so earlier we're talking about fee-free debit cards like Monzo and Starling that you get the near-perfect exchange rate. And this exchange rate happens when you make the purchase. With a prepaid card, you can kind of lock all that money into foreign currency in advance. Um, So, you know, this is because predicting exchange rates is extremely difficult. And, you know, some people prefer to have their budget, their holiday money, all converted in the currency before they go. And it's all there for them. And they don't have to be faffing around when they're there. And it's also, I was thinking, a really actually prepaid cards could also be really good for younger people like teenagers. If maybe you have a teenager that's 18 and, you know, you can put all their money on their card. You don't have to worry about them, you know, spending more than they have. So I think it's a really good thing for something like that. Wise and Revolut are two prepaid card providers that allow you to do just that. You exchange and and they hold your money in up to 50 currencies for Wise and up to 29 with Revolut in an online account. You pay no fees to exchange with Revolut on weekdays uh, or 1% on the weekends. And with the basic free plan, um, you can exchange 1,000 a month. So when we checked, Wise charged between 0.43% for pound to euro conversion or up to 0.86 for other currencies. So I, I think these are really good because as we said it's good to pre-plan in advance one you and it's good for budgeting as well so we've heard quite a few reasons there for getting one but overall speaking would you recommend using one you know when if ever do you think they trump debit and credit cards I guess I have a good example of when maybe I should have used one Uh, and this was when I went to Australia last October 
And I was obviously using my Monzo. Uh, and right in the middle of my holiday uh, was the Liz Truss mini budget, um, which mm-hmm. meant as my holiday went on, um, things were costing me more at the end of the week than they were at the beginning. So, um, so actually, in that sense, if I had used a prepaid card and done all my money before I went, I would have got a better exchange rate mm. than after that mini budget. But yeah, there are some downsides to using these cards. So you won't earn interest on your balance. And if you convert unused currency back to sterling, maybe you haven't spent it all, you might have to pay a fee again. Your money isn't covered by the financial services compensation scheme. Most, you know, most current accounts you have will be protected by this. But under e-money regulations, it is ring-fenced from creditors. So should the provider go bust, um, you should be able to get it back. Now, Revolut and Wise don't have any other fees, but there are some prepaid cards that have a few extra fees. Now, one of these, which is really cheeky, is an inactivity fee. And this means if there's no activity on the card, um, you know, ranging from a year to two years, they will start to, you know, charge you. So it's basically taking all the money that you might have left, um, particularly if you've forgotten, you know, maybe you have 20 quid on a on an old prepaid card, you forgot about it. You know, maybe two years later, you after COVID, you look to use it again and you find that your money's gone. So that's one thing to definitely look out for. I think personally for me, even though I had that terrible example, I do like using uh, my Monzo, which is a fee-free debit, but I guess that's only because I don't want another thing. Um, you know, I did used to have a Revolut card, um, but now for me, that would just be faff. I don't know, you know, I'd have to try and re-log in and, and put the money there. And I have something that works and I sort of use my Monzo because my Monzo isn't um, my main current account. It's sort of an ad, it's sort of, you know, my extra one that I use. So I kind of do treat that like a prepaid card and that I will, I will like put my money on there before I go. And I know that's my budget. So, so I guess I'm kind of using it in a similar way. The only thing is it's doing the exchange straight away. Um, you know, when I purchase something, it's then making the exchange rate. Um, but for me, it's just because I don't want to add something else. You know, if you don't have another current account, you know, that you that you can use, it could be a good idea to set up. That's a good tip, I think, there, Grace. And and also, you know, doing doing using your Monzo instead of the prepaid cards, with some of them anyway, you might end up being stung by a, a little charge as well. So you're avoiding that too. And just to finish then this week, can we run through some do's and don'ts? So when it comes to paying when you're away, Laura, can we start with some of the must do's? Absolutely. So the first one is if you're hiring a car, pay for it with a credit card. Uh, a lot of car hire companies won't accept a debit card or a prepaid card anyway um, for holding funds. You could use a regular debit card uh, for pre-authorization, um, which shouldn't itself trigger a transaction fee. But when you do pay up, make sure you're using a travel credit card with those lower fees. The second one, um, take your bank's phone number with you. So you don't really need to ring your bank these days before you go abroad and let them know. Um, but have that number on you because I, you know, on the odd occasion experienced a situation where my card won't pay or it's been declined um, and it's because it's unusual activity. They don't know you're abroad. So it's worth having their number just so you can clear things up quickly. And the third one is smartphones. So a lot of fee-free debit cards do rely on smartphones and rely on you having an app. But the Metro Bank offers a credit card with with free spending and cash withdrawals in most of Europe. And you can apply to get that in a branch. You don't need a smartphone. So if you don't have one, then that's an option for you. 
Yeah, that is actually a really good point because actually, you know, if I think about my parents who do have smartphones, but I'm not sure they would be comfortable, you know, monitoring all their, you know, they don't use, they don't really use online banking much. Um, they prefer, you know, so if they were going to put some money on the card, that wouldn't, that really wouldn't suit them. So I guess, you know, there are lots of people that would rather just do things with a physical card <laughs> and not have to not have an app. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and going back to Monzo uh, there, there, Grace, I've got a Monzo card and I couldn't believe how quick and easy it was for this card to arrive. You know, I applied through my smartphone, I've got an app and I think the next day it turns up. I'm like, is this, is this legit? Is it real? Because it's so smooth and easy. And I get that some people just don't really like that. They'd like to do things the old fashioned way and go to a bank and make sure you've got the physical plastic and that, you know, you can load it up and you know what's on there. Thanks, Laura. Lots of positives there and lots of must-dos. Grace, you've got the other side. What would you advise against? Uh, yeah, so one uh, no is um, when paying in card, always opt to pay in the local currency. And if you've not been given a choice, ask the retailer why not. Um, this is because if you pay in pounds, uh, pound sterling, um, the local bank bank will do the conversion and this won't necessarily be at the best rate and it often adds a fee. Um, so usually I think you get I think, you know, when I've been charged stuff occasionally comes up on the card machine, like, do you want to pay, mm-hmm. you know, do you want to pay in this, you know, euros or whatever? And I just click yes. <laughs> so um, it is quite, quite, a, quite an easy one. You know, I guess people might think that with Sterling, they know how much and they've spent. Um, but with the fee-free debit cards we talked about earlier, it does the conversion straight away. So, you know, instantly I just, I just look at my, <laughs> I look on my phone and I know it because it converts it straight away. I know what I've spent. So, you know, then you, it means you can pay in the local currency and still know what you're spending. And local ATM charges. So as mentioned earlier, there's fees, there's interest, there's interest with withdrawing with a credit card. Um, but even if you're using a debit card to withdraw cash from a local ATM, um, avoid high cost ones. So we're talking about ones which charge an extra fee. Um, you know, the kind of machines that occasionally you get in the UK at festivals and whatever when you're desperate and you're like, oh, it's going to charge, you know, a percentage of what you take out. In news agents, that kind of thing. Yeah, we're so used to fee-free cash machines in the UK because there's, you know, you know, we often see ATMs outside banks. Um, but, you, you know, then you have to remember that there are ones that do actually charge a fee. So try and avoid the ones at the airports and instead use cash points at local bank branches. If there is a fee, um, it makes sense to withdraw all your holiday cash at once because then you won't have to pay another fee if you want to get more out halfway through the holiday. So they can do savvy things there. And the last one is what I just mentioned on the inactivity fees. So as I said, the prepaid card providers we mentioned don't charge them, but many others do. So definitely check that uh, because you don't want to be leaving cash on these cards, you know, for, for more than six months. I think once you've done all your holidays, particularly if you're using a prepaid card, either convert it back where you might have to pay an extra fee or, or just try and spend it, maybe spend it at the airport on something so you don't, you're not leaving any money because then you won't be charged an activity fee. A huge thank you to Laura and Grace for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch our new episodes as soon as they drop. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lilly, and edited by Rob with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matthew Jenkins.